This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. If you remember, the past few weeks we have been doing a study on nothing but prayer. We have been discussing what prayer can offer to every one of us. First week we saw prayer can open the doors of heaven. And second week we talked about prayer shutting the doors of hell. I remember third week we understood prayer changing things around us. Then we talked about prayer releasing God's power. And a week before we realized that prayer reveals God's plan in our lives. And last week we talked about Prayer bringing victory. Prayer bringing victory. You know, we saw from the life of Jehoshaphat, we found out six different keys for victory. Six different keys for victory from the life of Jehoshaphat. What are they? First of all, Jehoshaphat was in a difficult situation that he was surrounded by his enemies. And the moment he surrounded by the enemies, the first thing he did, he sought the Lord in prayer. He started seeking God. He started trying to find out, he started finding out God where he is. What of God says, he called upon the name of the Lord, he sought the Lord. The first key for victory is to seek the Lord in prayer. We found out Jehoshaphat came to the Lord admitting his inability. He found his enemies and he realized he is so small, so insignificant. And he realized, the moment he realized, he admitted that to the Lord. Lord, I need your help. Without your help, I cannot conquer my enemies. Thirdly, Jehoshaphat kept his eyes upon the Lord. You know, when we are going through tough times, we can be easily snatched away by the enemy. When we are in the dark situation, that's the time the voice of the enemy comes in our lives and tells that we are good for nothing. You know, but that's the moment that we need to be careful and wait upon the Lord and fixing our eyes upon the Lord. And fourthly, Jehoshaphat positioned himself and stood still to see the salvation of the Lord. You know, God is expecting us to position ourselves. You know, we need to be strong in many things in our lives. The decisions we take, once we take a decision to do something for God, you know, there cannot be any setback. That's what the word of God says. Once we take a decision, once we decide to move forward in one direction, we need to be progressing, not to turn back. And God is telling us, look at Jehoshaphat. And he was just, you know, standing still. He positioned himself in in, in a proper way that he can just get into the war field. Fifthly, we saw he's relaxed in God's presence. He relaxed in God's presence, trusting God that God is going to give me a victory. You know, at times we pray, at times we wait upon Him, we admit our inability, we fix our eyes upon the Lord, we position ourselves, but then within our hearts, we are so troubled, we don't see the rest. But God is telling us that we need to have that, find the time of rest in our lives, in our hearts, as Jehoshaphat was relaxing in the presence of God. Sixthly, Jehoshaphat appointed those who can sing in front of the army. Worship is important. Worship is important. You know, when we, you know, I, I want to talk about the worship to some, you know, to, to most of us sometime. 
when we hear when we are here we worshiping always i could hear the voice of those who are singing and maybe the i i never hear the voice from the behind from behind for some reason i don't know why why we are so dumb and deaf in this place i don't know about it because probably you don't know about how to worship the lord i want you to worship the lord open your mouth and praise him start praising the lord you know then only we'll see god miracle happening in our lives you know we need to we cannot restrict ourselves when we worship come together to worship the lord we need to have the freedom to worship the lord and we should be lifted able to lift up our hands and shout at him out of joy and if we don't carry joy in our hearts there is something wrong if we are sad if you are deeply hurt sad there is something wrong we need to set that thing rise with right right with god jehoshaphat he appointed those who can sing in front of the army those who can worship prayer brings victory and today we are going to see another important aspect of prayer in the series nothing but prayer is that prayer expands our vision prayer expands our vision we can see that you know from different people's life in the word of god prayer expands our vision that word as it is it doesn't convey anything to us prayer expanding our visions so we need to get in the word of god to find out how prayer where and what situation prayer can expands our vision let's let's look read see some of the scriptures let's go to acts chapter 11 in acts chapter 11 we see peter explaining what was going on in acts chapter 10 because the apostles were you know now threatened by the jewish people and they are asking what was going on there and then peter was explaining what was really going on in the house of cornelius and he started that saying in verse 5 acts chapter 11 verse 5 i was in the city of joppa praying and in a trance i saw a vision the vision came to peter when he was praying when he was praying the vision came to peter what what was that vision the vision was about peter going and ministering to the gentiles they were gathered together in the house of cornelius that was the vision and as he was praying more god was god was expanding that vision in his life and when he went to cornelius house the house was set up and ready just ready for a ministry over there and that's a that's a time the spirit of god came upon the gentiles for the first time you know prayer expanding visions prayer expanding visions and help peter to go and minister to the people gathered in the house of cornelius what about nehemiah Nehemiah is another example probably from the scripture where we can see prayer helping someone to expand his vision. The moment Nehemiah realized the wall of Jerusalem was broken and the gates are burned with fire, you know Nehemiah sat down and he started weeping and mourning for many days. That's what the word of God says. Let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. We'll not have time to read all the scriptures. We'll read very few verses. Verse 4 says or well, let's read let's read verse 3. And they said to me the survivors who are left from the captivity in the in the province 
are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. Nehemiah was sitting there and crying and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. The moment he realized there is something wrong, the wall was broken and the gates were set on fire, he was he started praying. He was weeping and he was mourning and he started praying and he was fasting and praying for many days before God. We are talking about prayer expanding our vision. You know, Nehemiah had many options. Probably Nehemiah would have heard that news and he would have, you know, he would have just kept quiet about it, not doing anything about it. He would have he could have heard that news and probably he could have told somebody else told somebody else to you know pray for it or do something about it or he got another option he can just pray to God and asking God to do great things but now we know the story Nehemiah he just got up by himself and he started doing things a vision brought a great concern in the life of a man of God now we are talking about God expanding our vision you know when we have a vision that brings a concern to us. But today, some of the testimonies you testified about your family, about your situation. You know, that's a concern. You have a vision about them. You want to see them, you know, living happily. You want to see them, you know, growing godly. You, you have a vision about them. So that's why you have a concern about them. A vision, you know, does not really require you to react immediately to the situation. Like Nehemiah, he was just praying about it. He was fasting for many days. You know, sometimes we, we feel like reacting immediately. The moment we see something, we just want to do it. But then, you know, throughout the word of God, there are many examples. When they see a vision, you know, they just wait for God to confirm that. God to move in the, in the direction. But then, what do we do in the meantime? Here we see Nehemiah, he was just praying. That's what we read in the entire chapter uh, of 1, the book of Nehemiah. Let's read some of the uh, you know, scriptures here. Verse 5 says, And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love. Same kind of prayer what Joshua made. Lord, you are such a great God. You are an awesome God. You keep your promises. You keep your covenant. You keep your mercy. Please let your ear be attentive. And your eyes be open, Lord God, for us. And verse 7 says, We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept your commandments and statutes, nor the ordinances which you have commanded your servant Moses. Lord, we have sinned away from you. Verse 8 again, Remember I pray the word that you commanded. And it goes on and on. His prayer continues in verse 11. Oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. We are talking about prayer expanding our vision. The moment Nehemiah had that vision, he started praying about it. He started praying to God. You know, nothing he could do physically at that moment. It's not just he could jump you know, and go there and set things right. No. He just started praying to God. You know, it shows, as a child of God, it shows something to me. When God brings a concern in my life, God expects me to pray about it. When God puts a burden in my heart, God expects me to pray about it, not immediately to do things. Nehemiah was not immediately reacting to it. But he is, first of all, he is trying to set things right with God. 
But Nehemiah was not inactive. He was not just sitting idle waiting for something to miracle to happen. No. He was just praying. Because he knew he got a vision. Now he need to pray about it. Now he is going to see the way how things have to happen in his life. You know that's what we are talking about. Prayer expanding our vision. It took, you know, history says it took four months by the time he got that vision and by the time he started building that wall. It took four months time and he was praying about it. He was waiting upon the Lord to expand the vision. Yehameah did only two things at that time. If you read the you know, further chapters, we know that story. He's, he's, he did two things. One, he prayed and secondly, he planned about it, how to go about it. He prayed and he planned. Prayer is critical for a vision to develop into an action. Prayer is an ingredient. It's a key element that is required for a vision to birth something which is meaningful. You know, prayer makes us looking, keep us, keeps us looking for opportunities. It keeps our eyes open. You know, it keeps our hearts in an expectant mode. You know, when we have vision, we want to see things happening for sure. We cannot just leave it. We want to see things happening. And when we pray, that prayer makes it, you know, so sure that things are going to happen. It gives us an assurance. Assurance, it makes us to expect great things from God. And when God begins to move, you know, we are not just just seeing and sitting and seeing there. We will be moving along with God in the direction. That requires the vision to expand. Then only we know what direction we need to move. Then only we know how to you know, move in that direction. Nehemiah did not pray that God, can you build the temple? Sorry, God, can you build the wall? He didn't make that kind of prayer. He could have prayed, you know, God, I got this vision. The burden is so heavy in my life. Lord, can you do it for me? Can you build the temple? He didn't pray that way. You know, sometimes that's the difference between a dreamer and the visionary. You know, mostly, most of the time, the dreamer dreams about good things. And the dreamer will wait for God to do something about it. But a visionary, he envisions making him, you know, making the difference. Envisions himself making that difference in that situation. A dreamer thinks about it and he will say, how nice if that happens. It will be great if God can do it and he will not do anything about it. But a visionary just looks for an opportunity to do that. You know, there's a difference. And you know, we have both the nature within me. I, I see both the nature within me. I'm sure we see all both the nature within us. Sometimes God gives us a vision, dream or a vision. But then we don't do anything about it. We just look at the vision, share that vision and just forget it. But then, the, if we are a real visionary, we will try to do something about it. It may be a simple thing within our families that we are trying to do today. It may be a simple matter that we are trying to do something for God. But God wants to expand our vision so that we will not just be dreamers we will be visionaries prayer expanding vision you know we all need vision word of god says in proverb 29 18 we know that scripture where there is no vision the people perish where there is no vision the people 
perish. You know, all of us need to have a vision. It doesn't matter whether we belong to the church, we don't belong to the church, whether we you know, give tithes and offering, we don't give tithes and offering, whether we want to do something or whether we have the skills or abilities or we are just, you know, just newborn or we are, you know, we, we, are, we are so matured. We all need vision. God is expecting us to have a vision. What is vision, by the way? There are so many definitions. Vision is the ability to know where we are going. Vision is an ability to know where we are going. You know, vision is a snapshot of a future instance in our lives. If you, t- if you see down the line, five years, three years, five years down the line, if you want to know where you are, you know, if you get the quick picture of where you are, you know, that's what is a vision. If I ask Laila, for example, what is your vision, Laila, three years down the line? She'll say that I'm living with my husband in a house in Halifax and I have three, four kids with me. You know, all this kind of visions is what probably she could visualize. Right? Just one? Okay, God bless you. <laughs> Just one. Okay. Uh, good, that's good. <laughs> you know, that, that's the vision. If, uh, take a snapshot in the future and then look at it. And that's the vision. Do we have that vision? And if we don't have that vision, you know, we, we are just like a dreamer. We need to have that vision in our lives. Vision is, is, is knowing where we are going. You know, none of us are having a clear picture of our, about our future. It may be our life, our, our family life, or our church life, or whatever it may be. We don't have a clear picture. We have a little clue about what God wants us to be. Do we have that clue at least? Do we have a clue? At least, I'm asking you. Do we have a clue? At least what God wants you to do? No? Yes? No? Yes? Okay. So we have a little clue at least what God wants us to do in the coming year. And we are talking about prayer expanding that vision. You know, if we have a little idea about that's what I want to be in the coming year or in the, down the line. And if you pray about it, God will expand that. We are talking about nothing but prayer. We are talking about prayer expanding our vision. The little vision that we have today can be expanded by God as we pray about it more and more. Prayer broadened Nehemiah's vision and helped him to plan in ahead of that situation. And when he went there to build that wall, he was just ready because he knew what to do, what exactly to be done over there. Prayer expands our vision. You know, let's talk about the vision that we have for our church, for example. And I believe each one of us carry some kind of vision, some kind of burden, concern about our church. You know, if our vision is in in line with overall the vision of God for any church, and if we are able to find ourselves fit in the vision, overall vision of God for our church, we find satisfied. Did you understand what I said? You know, if our vision is in line with the overall vision that God has for our church, we find satisfied. And if we don't find ourselves fitting in the overall vision that God has for our church, we are not satisfied. You know, today, you know, when God said that I will build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He looked at Peter and he said, I will build my church on you. 
and he built that church the initial church was built upon Peter when he preached there were 3,000 souls got added the church started building and it's even built even today and when he said that what God had in his mind what was the vision of Jesus when he looked at him and he said that I will build my church and on the other hand what was the vision of Peter when he accepted it even after his resurrection when God appeared to him again and he asked him again tend my sheep take care of my flocks he said I'm sure Peter had a vision and that's the same vision even we have today for our church let's list it down what are the visions of a church for example worship is the one of the major visions that church has making true worshippers of God why do we say that God spoke to Moses and said go and tell Pharaoh and ask my people to go to the wilderness to serve me to worship me you know worship is the ultimate it's one of the main you know, visions of the church today and making worshippers Peter had that secondly evangelism you know seeking the lost evangelism is another vision that God has today for the church our church too thirdly fellowship to grow in the fellowship of God and to grow in the fellowship with man fellowship is another vision that God has for the church today ministry ministry is another vision that God has today for the church I want to pray go and pray for the sick I want to meet somebody who is left out who is an outcast I want to just you know help because she has been living in this apartment as a single mom taking care of three children I want to give them I want to minister to them you know I want to go and meet some orphans there in the orphanage I want to meet some prisoners in the prison I want to meet some elders those who are held up in the elder home ministry is the vision fourth vision fifth vision maybe disciple making discipleship you know we need to become a disciple of God and we need to make others to follow become followers of Jesus Christ you know these are the missions or visions of a church today we are satisfied when we are able to fit ourselves into any of these categories we are satisfied the question that we need to ask what is our role today to fit myself in the vision that God has for our church you know this is the key questions every even I need to ask and all of us need to ask about it you know some people coming to a church and you know most of the time they, they feel like going out of the church they jump from one church to another church why they be there for some time and they, they find find out that they are not able to fit their sem their selves into these visions of the church now they are not able to find a place there maybe they have another vision and they don't find themselves fitting into this church and they take a decision okay let's it's not this church is not for me and move out of this place but you know they, if they go to another church the vision with which God established the church is not going to change the vision is again the same it's worship and evangelism and fellowship and ministry and disciple making these are the visions you know what God is telling us to fit ourselves into the vision that God has today for the church and if we don't see that vision we need to ask God we need to pray so that God will expand our vision we will find ourselves fitting in the vision of God you know someone said a vision helps us to see the world and the people through God's eyes to pursue his purpose 
and the possibilities. Vision helps us to see the world, see the people through God's eyes. You know, because that's what is his vision, what he sees in us, what he sees in the church. That's what is his vision. And when we put ourselves in God's position and see, you know, we want to see the church through his eyes. You know, according to the five categories of God's vision we talked about today. And God is telling us, we need to pray. If we don't find ourselves fit into any of these categories, we need to pray and find out, Lord, what is my role? What do you want me to do about it? A church where people want to be connected with God. A church where people want to be connected with each other and with the community. A church is the place where people you know, want to get connected with the ministry so that they get satisfaction. They do something, you know, they feel, get a feeling that they are you know, doing what God wants them to do. A church where people share how you know, Christ made a difference in their lives, coming out with testimonies. You know, I was in this situation, God worked in my life and he brought me to this situation. You know, that's a testimony that we can share. You know, if all these are not happening in the church, people are not satisfied going to the church because they don't find themselves united with any of those visions, you know, of, of the church of God Almighty. You know, churches, most of the time, I don't think church has a, you know, any vision to do, uh, to, to, for example, to build ships. Church doesn't have vision to build a refinery. Now we are familiar with those terms, right? So church doesn't have a, a vision maybe to invest, go and invest in the stock market. Church doesn't have a plan. But then if people are coming with those you know, expectations in the church and they don't find themselves fit. But instead church vision is again as I said, worship, evangelism, fellowship, ministry and discipleship. That's what is the vision of the church. And if we are not able to fit ourselves within that, people feel like moving out of the church. You know, that has to be, this has to be told, this has to be taught to our congregation too today. That are you finding that in the church where you are going? If you are finding this, are you finding a role in that, in any of these five activities, five visions of the church? If you don't find that, probably that's not the church for you. And if you are not finding about it, you pray about it and go and attach yourself with the church and get involved in any of these activities so that God may use you. And today God is telling us the reason why our vision is not broadened. Our vision is not broad and we are not able to find ourselves fit in those categories because of our lack of prayer. You know, God is asking us to have a little vision to see whether we are united in the major, the mega vision of God about the church. God is not asking us to know everything, no. Once we have, once we find our place there and then we pray God is going to expand. In 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 17 says, Elijah was praying for an young man there. And he said, he prayed this way, Lord I pray that you would open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elijah was praying for that man to see, to have a vision. To have a vision. You know, we are talking about prayer, expanding vision. Prayer opens up our eyes, opens our eyes to see how God is 
seeing things about us how god is seeing things around us in our lives prayer opens our eyes to see how god wants us to vision the vision that god has for the church second king 6:17 prayer opens our eyes to see how god wants us to see through his eyes you know that's what prayer does the moment we pray more about it god gives more clarity this is what i want you to do you know this is what i want you get united get attached with them. our little vision through prayer become a mega picture of god what god has for us in the future it all starts with nehemiah having the little concern about the wall of jerusalem the moment he heard the news that the wall is broken you know some of the issues that keeps coming in our lives it gives also an indication that's what god wants us to do god that's how god speaks at times many times you know when we think about something always if we keep hearing some news about some particular situation maybe for some particular sickness or particular you know issue it shows it gives us an indication that god wants you to more you know do things about it for example kishan shared a testimony that he had a concern about he heard her aunt you know making that concern to him if i ask him that may not be the first first time someone sharing his her concern to him there may be so many other people who have shared similar con- that gives us an indication that's what god wants you to do maybe counsel them those who are you know giving going through such a tough situation counsel them pray with them encourage them that may be the call of god you know that's the easy way to know nehemiah the moment he heard about it and he sat and he prayed about it and god made things clear and the wall was built by nehemiah we see a vision when we lift up our eyes in john 4:35 jesus said behold i say to you lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already ripe white for harvest john 4:35 now if you look at that that vision is not expanded it is just a vision god is telling just look at your eye look up look up then see the field the field is just ready for harvest we all do that we all find out there are people outside perishing but that's just the vision it comes in our minds but then we don't do anything about it at times but now jesus is again saying in matthew 9:37 the harvest is truly plentiful but the laborers are few and he says in 38 therefore pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest the vision is to know the harvest is plenty it is just white out there ready for harvest that's the vision but then you know what god wants us to do the actual situation is harvest is plentiful but there are no laborers and now what god is telling us to pray you have a little vision about what god wants us to do now god is asking us to pray about it and he's saying therefore pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers that vision will not expand the vision will not result in an action until we pray we are talking about prayer expanding the vision and he's telling us pray that so that you know god of the harvest may send laborers into the harvest field 
you know the reason some of us sometimes the reason for not having any inclination towards godly things any interest to do something for God to involve any in any of those activities you know sometimes not feeling part of it a part of any of these things may not be because of the vision we have the vision you know even at, t- at times I feel that not you know trying to postpone things not doing things in the right time the reason is not that we don't have vision but we don't we we, we lack prayer we lack prayer you know if we don't pray things will not happen even it may be a simple matter of filling an application and sending it but that doesn't happen we know the vision we know where we want to be we know if we don't do it it will delay things we don't do it the reason we don't do it because there is no prayer there is no prayer and start thinking doing start praying about it Lord help me I need to fill up that application and send that application on time start praying about it it will happen so the vision will expand as we pray you know it, it is true any of the godly things you want to do you want to involve prayer prayer brings us to that position when we pray God expands our vision and we will find God's plan in our lives I came across this missionary story that really touched my heart. I would like to just read that if you can follow me, listen to me. It, it, was about, it is about a missionary by name John Hyde. John Hyde was born in 1865 in Illinois to a Presbyterian minister by name Reverend Smith Harris Hyde. And John Hyde and his brother Edmund they attended seminary even their early age. Edmund had a vision to become a missionary but he had a tragic sudden death he died. That put greater burden on John Hyde. That, he, that, that brought him to a position that he started searching his heart. My brother wanted to become a ministry, sorry, missionary and we both finished, completed the seminary. Lord, what you want me to do now? Because he didn't have any clue about what he is going to do in the future. And Hyde did a great searching within himself and in through prayer and he did great things. You know, he spent a good lot of time in prayer finding out, Lord, what exactly you want me to do? And at some point of time in his life, he got a little light and he got a little vision that he realized that God wanted him to go to India as a missionary. And finally he reached the northern part of India, Punjab, in the year 1982. And he started ministering in Punjab as he put a lot of effort to learn the native language in that part of India but unfortunately the progress was very slow and he found you know he, he could make a very little progress he could make until this point of time and he wrote a letter from India to his seminary and this is what he said yesterday eight low caste persons were baptized at one of the villages it seems a work of God in which man even as an instrument was used in a very small degree pray for us I learned to speak the language very very slowly can only talk a little in public or in conversation 
you know in spite of his hard effort hyde couldn't master the local language because of course the language was very complex for him and it was also due to his partial deafness he was partially deaf so he couldn't know what he is speaking and he couldn't listen what others were telling him to do he was discouraged and he was totally dissatisfied about his mission in india and also hide happened to see the persecution that took place among the latest converts of christianity and he was so afraid to see all these things happening and he he was kind of totally disheartened that he at times he decided to go back to his nation to come back to america but you know hide he didn't give up he started spending more time in prayer and studying the word of god as he prayed the little vision he had it broadened he started realizing his call in a more specific way and hide began to learn uh, you know began to lead his fellow missionaries into a time of prayer intercession for india and he was he realized at some point of time especially in the year 1899 he realized that he was so deeply called to pray for that nation and he began to spend you know the entire night facing down before god because in one of his letters to his colleague he wrote like this have felt led to pray for others this winter as never before i never before knew what it was to work all day and then pray all night before god for another in college or at parties at home i used to keep such hours for myself or myself or pleasure and can i do not do as much for god and souls and now at this point he realized how to pray how to you know be awake and pray the entire night and to you know at this point of time he realized god is calling him to start a great prayer ministry and with his help with his friends he formed the punjab prayer union and he set his time aside and he said every day half an hour we are going to pray for revival and hide and his friends they joined together they called that name that as punjab prayer union and they started praying about revival the result of their prayer was plainly seen as some part of pakistan that place is now in pakistan they started seeing the work of god they started seeing the anointing of the holy spirit pouring upon when people gathered together for prayer years by year the prayer union they started they started fasting and praying together and they found out more converts you know getting to know and more evangelism is happening as they start interceding more and more and he became a prayer leader john hyde he became a prayer leader now and we can even you know we at times we even when we hear about this we we amaze because the of his so deep and wide spiritual insight into the prayer or the intercession for india and the history says by 1908 john hyde dared to pray what was to many at the convention an impossible request people come gathered together with an impossible request and he used to pray for them that during the coming year in india he prayed and he committed made a commitment before god one soul would be saved 
every day. He came into a, you know, such a high level in his vision that he was able to see what's going to happen. And he committed, I mean publicly he addressed that one soul every day. 365 people converted and baptized and publicly converse, confessed Jesus as their savior. It was impossible in one year but it happened because of his prayer. Before the next convention, you know, John Hyde had prayed more than 400 people in the God's kingdom in the next year. And the year after, he doubled his goal. Eight people, 800 people to get converted into Christianity. And he had such a great unquenchable passion, passion for souls in the land of India. At the 1910 convention, people were, you know, marveled because to see the witness, the way God was using him. And he was just standing in the crowd, thousands and thousands of people there. And he said, give me souls or, oh God, or I die. And even before the meeting ended, John Hyde, he, he revealed to the public that he is going to double his target again for the coming year. Four souls a day nothing less and during the next 12 months you know joy hides ministry took him throughout india all through india and he went to very deep, many different places and he was very well known as a praying hide praying hide in india and he was known for his intercession as he conducted intercessory meetings prayers in calcutta and in, and in bombay and even other large cities and one day, at least four people used to get converted into Christianity, coming into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Hyde said, at nights, if the four people are not met on that day, he says, he has such a heavy weight in his heart that he could not eat at that night. He could not sleep and he had to pray and take victory so that next day he will have double the number. You know, that's how he was just praying to God. The vision that he had little about India, now it expanded. And he just started seeing souls in his life. It was in Calcutta, one particular point of time in his life, that his friends were joined together and they said, Hyde, this is the time that you need to go and see the doctor. Because his health was completely deteriorating. Because of so much of travel and so many nights he was awake in the presence of God and praying and crying out and interceding for the souls. And they said, doctors diagnosed him with some particular disease. They said, you have a terrible sickness and if you are not taking complete rest, you will lose your life. And John's Hyde, what they found out in his life, John's Hyde's heart was shifted, had shifted from its natural position from the left side into the chest in the right side because of his constant prayer and intercession constant crying out God doctors have never seen such a man heart being shifted to the other side his heart was had heavily burdened for souls a little vision he had but when he started praying God expanded that vision and you know, God, doctor said, you need to take absolute rest. Otherwise, we are not going to leave for six months, not more than six months. In fact, the praying hide, he lived for nearly two more years. 
and he saw a mighty revival sweeping across Punjab and the rest of the northern part of India and his personal vision enlarged to such an extent every day eight souls not getting turned to Jesus he had sleepless nights and God enlarged expanded his vision and before he died this is what he wrote on the day of prayer God gave me a new experience I seem to be away above our conflict here in the Punjab and I saw God's great battle in all India and then away out beyond in China Japan and Africa I saw how we had been thinking in narrow circles of our own countries and in our own towns and denominations and how God was now rapidly joining force to force and line to line and all was beginning to be one great struggle that to me means the great triumph of Christ we must exercise the greatest care to be utterly obedient to him who sees all the battlefields all the time it is only he who can put each man in the place where his life can count for the most that's the last few words he penned as he battled finished his battle on the earth now we are talking about prayer expanding our vision I'm sure all of us are having carrying a vision that God has put in our minds and God is expecting us to pray about it God is expecting us to move forward and as he builds the church his purpose will be fulfilled because I believe as Hyde says God has put every one of us in the right place that we need to start praying then we will see our vision is expanding and God doing great things in our lives hope you are blessed by this teaching Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.